So like I said, I'm Jared Parsons. I'm one of the teaching pastors here, my uh, main profession. I, I do this uh, for fun, uh, not, nah, but I, I, my main profession is I work with college students. I work with uh, college students at NYU Tannen School of Engineering. Uh, I do uh, campus ministry there. And uh, the reason that that's important is what we do at the beginning of every year with, with my students is we ask them, who do you think Jesus is? We go around, we ask them, who is Jesus? And we give them a, a, a little sheet uh, that they fill out and, and there's like 10 boxes they can check that, they, that we give like pre-fill and then they can, all, they can write other. And uh, believe it or not, most uh, college students, because they're in that phase of their life, they're like, I'm not gonna follow your box. I'm gonna go straight to other. They don't, they don't check any of the 10. They go straight to other and they write some role or thing that they think Jesus is. Uh, a lot of times it's fairy tale. Sometimes it's, it's somewhere around this, this idea of a, <laughs> like a traveling ethics professor is the best way I can summarize it. Like a wandering prophet or someone who just stirs up stuff. That was a definition one, someone who stirred up stuff. Um, but they, they write all these, these, these names and these roles down. And, and I, as I think about the fact that we do that with students, it's kind of interesting that, that I do that. I, I might reevaluate, but it's interesting to try to pin Jesus into a box, to one thing. Jesus is just this, right? I've got some, some friends who are writers who, like, who write movies and books and those kind of things, and one of the most insulting things you can say about their characters is that they're one-dimensional, right? That person is one-dimensional. There's nothing else to them, right? And we, we say that about movies or, or books characters that we don't like too, right? Like I, I once got into a huge fight with one of my students because I said, and you can't question this with my students, I said that the Marvel characters seem one dimensional. That was the biggest fight. I mean, that, he, he just like lost it. And it's insulting, right? To say someone is one dimensional, it means that they're shallow. There's not much to them. And, and as we know, human beings were not shallow. When you know, when you see a human being, even if you insult someone for being shallow, right? It turns out that there's reasons and there's depth to that person. There's depth. And so it's interesting to me that, for, that I, I hand my students a test that tries to basically make Jesus one-dimensional. And I think it's also interesting as I was reflecting on this was I think how I interact with Jesus tends to be one-dimensional as well. He is just this just this role, this characteristic, th- just he, Jesus is, is, is this. And so the reason we're going through this series is because Jesus is not just one thing. He's not one dimension. He's got several. We're only going to look at three. There are more than three. There's way more than three. But a question we need to ask ourselves is, is Jesus one-dimensional to me? Do I only interact with Jesus based on one dimension, one role, one thing that I try to summarize him as. Jesus showed up and one of the first things he said was repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now we hear that and we might hear that traveling ethics professor or whatever, but he said that to an audience and within that phrase comes with it intent and goals and depth and the character saying that, it, it reveals so much about the person who says that. And that's what we're gonna look at this morning 
as an introduction to prophet, priest, king, the dimensions that we're gonna look at, is how much depth Jesus adds to saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. There's so much behind that, that little phrase. But before we get there to introduce what we're gonna talk about in the, in the future, I, what I wanted to go through this morning was to show the importance of a multidimensional Jesus. What, what happens when you only see him as one thing? What happens when you, when you look at, at a couple of characteristics, and I tried my best to summarize them down to two. I got two-dimensional, and uh, the, the most common things that people, that we summarize Jesus as either maker or messiah. That's what we're gonna look at this morning. So maker or messiah, the creator or the savior. The maker, and, and because it has to, you know, has to be alliteration, maker, messiah. I wanted to do creator, savior, but I wanted you to remember it, so I did maker, messiah. Anyways, that's what we're gonna look at this morning is what happens when you try to summarize Jesus as just maker or just messiah? What goes on when that happens? And so that's where we're headed this morning. So let's, let's start with maker. The verse we read this morning, Colossians 1, 15 through 16, this is the common definition of Jesus. He's the creator. He's the maker. He made everything. Colossians 1, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created. Okay, so that, that this definition is correct. <laughs> this dimension is correct. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Okay, so he, he is the maker. He made, he made everything. Unequivocally, everything, right? It, like all means all, all the time. All things. All things. He made it all. Right? And so you, you can say that you'd be like, oh, I, like interacting with, with Jesus as, as, as your maker, as your creator, right? There's, there's this interaction of he, I am a creature and he's a creator, right? And, and I'm not the creator. So that means that there's, there's some humility included in this definition. And, and so that there's, it's good that you interact with God as your maker, as being a creature. But without any depth, some things start to happen, Right? Without more depth to that, you look around the world and the reality of the world is that this creation is broken. It is. You can see it. Death exists. That's, that's confusing. <laughs> he made this world and yet death exists. And people don't interact with each other the way they should and ecosystems fall apart and you've got natural disasters and you've got all these things that start to say to you, man, this, this world is, is broken. Creation is broken. That's just the reality, right? And, then, and as you're looking around, then, then you start to look at yourself and you're like, well, I need to see the dentist a whole lot. I need glasses. <laughs> I have asthma. This is me, you might not have asthma. I have asthma, I'm colorblind. <laughs> My physical body is broken, right? And, and the, you, you, you will find this out with time. You know, I, I, there's, a, there's a period of my life where I thought I was invincible. You know, that's high school. In college, you think you can do everything. You know, I, was, I, was, I played three sports because I, I had to. That's not a brag, by the way. I went to a, uh, my graduating class was 29. And so if you like had a body, you had to play a sport. Like that if you weren't just like a floating mind, they put you on the field. So um, <clears throat> I had, I, but I played all these sports. I thought I was invincible. And then like three years after college, I went back and played pickup basketball for an hour. And I thought I was dying. Like I was like, I am dying. And then I had this super existential crisis where I was like, oh my gosh, no, seriously, I am dying. <laughs> like, like my body is decaying. I'm dying. 
That's the reality of me. And the effects of death are seen everywhere, right? We, that's, that's why we try to get the most out of life is because we know death is coming. By the way, this, is, this isn't the way I wanted to start this sermon. I know it's not super fun. But this is the reality, right? So he's the maker, but we experience death. And, and when, you, when, you, when you stop at these realities, when you, when you stop there and, you, and you, you don't go further into scripture, you don't go further into anything else, you, you stop there, the, the eventuality is that you don't trust Jesus anymore. Because these realities stop you. And, and, and this happens all the time. You know, we've got, I, I, I work on a college campus. It happens all the time. Someone might grow up thinking that God is the maker and they look around and there's so much brokenness. And you stop. You go, okay, so can I really trust him? And the irony is if, if you only stop with one dimension, you actually begin to question that dimension itself, right? Then you start to go, did he really even create it? We need to add dimensions to Jesus. <laughs> we need to. And what we should do, what this should cause us as we look around the world, as we look at, at, at the way that it's broken, it should push you into the reality of the scripture. I'm gonna keep going with Colossians 1, right? So it says, all things were created by him. And then it keeps going, verse 17, that he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. To reconcile to himself all things. Reconcile is this idea of bringing things into wholeness. As you continue to look at Jesus, and, and, and you're, you're in one dimension, and, and you read, you go, okay, so the scriptures is acknowledging that, that this world is broken, is acknowledging that there are, that there's death, he's the firstborn from the dead, and he's got a plan, actually, to make everything whole again. One dimension actually should lead you to another. As you go deeper into the scriptures and looking at, at a dimension of Jesus, it actually should reveal something else about Jesus. Jesus is kind of like a gem. And if you look at it from one side, the, the light kind of refracts from a different angle. You go, oh, what's that over there? <laughs> Showing something else beautiful. You see, Jesus made everything, but he didn't make it to be broken. It became broken by something else we'll talk about in a second. But he has a plan to unbreak it, to reconcile everything to himself, to make it whole. And that should lead you to say, how, <laughs> right? Before we get anywhere, before we get further, I wanted to, to stop and just say that you know, we talk about the three unique roles of Jesus. That we're looking at the uniqueness of Jesus, and the uniqueness of Jesus is that he is so much more. So much more. As every time you look at him in, in a certain light, you go, oh my gosh, you're, you're that and that? You keep going? There's more sides to you? There's more dimensions? There's more depth? You made everything, but you also have a plan to redeem everything, to, to make everything whole. You know about our problems. You stepped into our death. You experienced our death. And then you beat it to bring us into relationship with you to make us whole. How'd you do that, right? And every dimension brings another dimension, right? And, and that brings us to the second one, Messiah, 
This is, the, this is the other dimension that, that people normally think of as Jesus, right? Uh, maybe not maker, maybe Messiah, maybe this, the one who forgives sin. Ephesians 1, we've, uh, Dan brought up the, this passage a while ago. Ephesians 1, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the richest of his grace, right? So we talked about the creation's broken. I feel broken, I feel the effects of death, but I also feel the, the effects of my sin. You know, I, I, I begin to see my sin, how when I get angry, when I, interact with anybody inappropriately when, I, when anything happens in my mind it's not okay. I, I see those effects. And here's Jesus saying, I forgive your trespasses. Because of what I've done, I forgive your trespasses. So he is the Messiah, that is true. But then the reality of the world and the reality of me hit a little bit still, right? Those two things hit every time you look at a dimension, the reality of the world and the reality of me. And, and we look around the world, he said, okay, so he forgave sins, he forgives sins, why are, still, why are people still sinning? Why is there still sin in the world? <laughs> why are there still evil people doing evil stuff? And you look at yourself and you're like, why did I just get into that argument again? Why did I say that to my parents? <laughs> These are for me. Why did I interact with that person that way? Why did I think that? You go, oh man, there's still sin, <laughs> right? So we gotta look a little deeper. <laughs> we gotta keep looking, right? Because th- this is the reality is that we gotta keep looking. I, I think of Romans 7, 15, I, when, I, when I was trying to figure out this whole sin thing, I was like, okay, Jesus, you, you forgave my sins, but like, what's up with me still sinning and still being kind of a jerk? And uh, Jesus led me to Romans uh, 7. And this passage is amazing. It's this internal struggle that Paul has as a mature Christian. Uh, and, he's, and he says this, for I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Anyone else feel that? Anyone else being like, I don't get me. Why am I the way that I am? And why do I keep doing things that I don't want to do? <laughs> and don't, like, I make all these goals, you know, it's the beginning of the year. I don't know if anyone's already broken their New Year's resolution, you know, like me. Like, I made these plans and I'm not doing them. What? Why? I felt so good when I made those goals. <laughs> like, like, I felt invincible, right? Why am I not doing this? And so you, if you stop there, once again, if you stop and you don't keep searching, you start with the reality of what, what we see, it leads you to the eventuality of not trusting Jesus. We have to keep going. These dimensions of Jesus were not meant to just stand alone. They, they're part of a gem that reveals this, this character of God and he's an actual person that knows about our problems, that's walked through them, and has a bigger plan and is a real character. It's a real, real character, and so we have to keep going. And, I, and so in Ephesians 1, I'll read 7 through 10. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. All that is to say, this was a really, really, really good plan, and he set it forth to be accomplished by one person in Jesus, as, in verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. Jesus has taken care of evil for all time. Even the evil that I have yet to commit. <laughs> that there's a plan for the fullness of time. And even further on in that Romans passage where he talks about like, why am I the way that I am? He, he says that in a different way. He says, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? <laughs> 
wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? What do we do with, with this sin? We, well, we know that he's gonna take care of it for all time. We know that. He will destroy all evil, but also his cross was sufficient. The, the one time was sufficient. There's a verse that I have tr- trouble believing. I'm gonna be honest with you. It comes out of a, 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 the book we're gonna study next, uh, spoilers, Hebrews. It says, he has perfected for all time those who are being perfected. He has sanctified for all times those who are being sanctified. It's a once, but not yet. Already, but not yet. Once, but still happening. Whoa! I don't know if that hurts your mind. It hurts mine. That it has happened for all time, but I'm still experiencing it now. Another verse that I have trouble believing is Second uh, Corinthians uh, twelve ten. My grace is sufficient for you. It is sufficient. My unearned favor, this is God saying, my, my unearned favor for you is sufficient. It's enough. How, how can this be? So I asked a friend. I didn't just try to figure this out on my own. This is very important. Uh, don't try to figure everything out on, on your own. Don't go to WebMD or Google. Um, to try to figure it all out, ask a friend. And so I asked a friend, and they, they showed me an, an illustration that really helps me. It comes out of Colossians 2.6. Um, Colossians 2.6 uh, says, therefore, how you re- just as you receive the gospel, so walk in it. So here's, here's, the, here's the illustration. It shows that uh, when you're an early believer, when you first say yes to Jesus, you can see, a, and you can imagine kind of a dotted line right in the middle of this, this thing, uh, you can see a little bit of God's holiness. You're just awakening to, wow, God is like different than me. He's very holy, he's got a standard, and I've got this sin. And, and you see both, and then you see the cross, and it covers the whole gap. It covers the gap. You realize, wow, Jesus paid for my sins, right? That's, that's incredible. And what happens then is you get, as you grow in your, in your faith, and as you grow as a person, you actually start to see more of God's holiness, you learn more, right? As we add dimensions, you're like, wow, Jesus is that and that and that, and he's, he's way holier, way more righteous, way more just than I thought, way bigger, way grander. And then all of a sudden, you start to look at yourself, and you're like, I am none of those things. And sometimes in opposition to those things. And I'm still sinning. And, and you know, I, 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 might, I might grow in maturity in how I interact with people, but still... I'm realizing like there's like still some really messed up things in my mind that happen and in my heart, what's up with that? And so actually it grows. The, the chasm grows. And this friend showed me this illustration and he didn't draw the sun cross. There's, that's a spoiler for you. But he says, what do you do when you start to see this? I started to panic. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I was really panicking. I was doing, I had like the forehead sweat and like the sweat in between the elbows. You guys know that? It's like the soup, when you're, when you're really anxious, you're like, this is really bad. He said, get a bigger cross. The cross is big enough. It's always been big enough. <laughs> he has perfected for all time. He already knew all of those ways that you were gonna fall short. And every time you learn something new about how holy and amazing God is and you see another sin in your life, the temptation for you, Jared, is going, to, is going to be for you to say, I need to do better and try harder to be more like God. But he said, the first thing you have to do is you have to go and get a bigger cross. The cross is bigger than you could ever imagine. What Jesus did on that cross was once for all very clear language in Hebrews we're going to see. Very, very clear language. Once for all. That's it. 
All of those sins that you're wondering, even those, yes, once for all, forever. So even with one dimension, right, I, I always saw him as Messiah, but you can go deeper into that dimension itself. You see, friends, what we're doing in this series and hopefully what I'm inviting you into more and more in your life is don't stop with how you know Jesus right now. Keep going. Colossians 2 says all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in him. All of them. It's this incredible treasure hunt of digging up this amazing gem and seeing all of these beautiful angles of, oh my gosh, Jesus, you are so much better than I thought. As you, as you ask friends, you know, one of the, the, the applications to ask a friend, like I said, one of, one of my friends opened my eyes. He interacts with Jesus as a friend. Jesus says, you are my friends. And my, my friend grew up with a really tight-knit group of friends, so he, he always wanted a really, really close friend. And the way he interacts with Jesus, and I, and I see it in scriptures, the friendship of Jesus is so beautiful. I would never have seen that. And I can keep going. We don't want our Jesus to be one-dimensional. <laughs> he, is a th- he is more than three dimensions. And we're gonna see that in the Jesus in 3D series as we keep going is that we're gonna see, we're, and we'll look at three, three main characteristics, prophet, priest, king. These, these were characteristics actually that Israel was looking for when Jesus showed up. So, you know, we're, we're 2,000 years removed and we, and we hear Jesus as, the, you know, we kind of summarized as creator or savior, right? But how they were looking for Jesus for a, for a Messiah was as a prophet, priest, and a king. And here's what's beautiful. Matthew 4, uh, 17 that I mentioned earlier, all three are represented in that one line. Jesus is so cool. He know, he's so good with words. <laughs> repent for the kingdom of, heaven, kingdom of heaven is near. They would have heard repent, the prophet, a prophet is here, telling us a different way to go. The kingdom of heaven is here. That would have let them know that the king, they wouldn't have heard the kingdom is like a government that's gonna be issued in. They were hearing him say, I am the king. And it's of heaven. He's mediating a new covenant between heaven and earth as a priest. Jesus did all that with one, with one sentence. Imagine what we, what we could find out as we keep digging into this, all the dimensions of Jesus. He is so much more. Jesus is unique in that he is so much more. The last uh, thing we're gonna do um, is a little application. You know, I, I wanted you to think about how can I add dimensions to Jesus' uh, in my life, it didn't say I. Uh, how can I add dimensions to Jesus in my life? What can I do to add, to, to keep going with this search of who Jesus is? And one is read scripture. So it, it's kind of interesting, like you're, I, I thought about, I, I wrote that down and I was like, how, how many times is a sermon application to read your Bible? Uh, and so I wanted to give you a specific place, Ephesians 1 and 2. Uh, and, and what you could do is you, you could go back to it and just really delve who is Jesus? Who is Jesus in this? Look at it through that lens. Who is God? What makes him unique in this? Um, and I, I would encourage you, and this is, this is an encouragement from me, this is one of my uh, news resolutions, is that I'm, I'm gonna try to read my Bible like the actual Bible. Uh, here's why, is because I think, and this is not like, this might just be like an old man rant from me, um, but I think God intended for that Bible to be like its own thing because it has my full attention when I have it out. And that's, that's mainly why I want to do this. 
Like when I read it on my phone, honestly, the Bible doesn't have my full attention. I know all the other screens that are open and all the other tasks that are waiting, the texts that are open, you know? So that's, that, that should encourage me every once in a while, just, just crack the book itself and read it and really figure out who is Jesus. And second is ask your friends. How do you interact with Jesus? What are the dimensions that Jesus adds for you, right? That, that friend who has friend, uh, Jesus is a friend. You know, my, my engineering students, they, they have this whole other dimension to maker because they see the world differently. They see how it's made. I love asking them, how do you think, how do you interact with God? You know, when you see that equation, like for me, I cry. But for you, you see beauty, you know? <laughs> like I'm not, I'm scared. You're, bring me into your wonder. How can we add dimensions to Jesus in our lives. I'll give you a minute to, uh, like, you know, 10 seconds to think about that, and then I'm gonna pray, and we're gonna close, and uh, we're gonna go into another uh, time of worship, but this is what we're doing in this series, is that we're looking deeper into Jesus, the, the multidimensional Jesus, what Jesus really, really is. So I'll give you a few seconds to think about how you can add dimensions and uh, process, and then I'll, I'll pray to close us after a few minutes of silence. Jesus, thanks for this morning. Thanks that we get to see you in all your beauty, the many dimensions that you have and um, how we were intended to, to delve deep into your character and who you are and all the beauty that you represent. And Jesus, I pray, would you, would you bring us deeper in as, as we s- s- seek? <laughs> would, you, would you reach out and bring us in and, and bring us into this and, and reveal to us the, the beauty that you have? And as we look at you as prophet, priest, and king, would you be awakening all the other amazing things that you are, Jesus. We want to know you more and more, and it's a search we can go on for the rest of our lives. Um, Yeah, God, would you you reveal more of yourself to us? And as we um, praise you uh, for being uh, the cornerstone, um, I'm just in awe of you, Jesus, being the the very foundation of of our faith and, and how yeah, we just keep coming back to you. That's the cornerstone. It's, it's what the whole house is built off of. We just keep coming back to you. Um, yeah, God, would you, would you teach us to continue to go back to you and to delve your riches? Um, yeah, God, thanks for this morning. In your name, amen.